of well done, everybody. Welcome to another taint-filled and taint-inspired, taint-sponsored, unofficially episode of the Black Tower Podcast. I am one of your not-so-illustrious, but hopefully enjoyable hosts, Andrew, your body's on my hail. That's a lot of taint. Also, why did it sound like you were choking on something when you said that? Because maybe he was choking on something. Jesus, don't don't taint shame people. I'm not judging. Yeah, I'm not fuck? shaming. Why are you only it... the non-shaming? Hey, hey the why hell? the why the fuck are you taint shaming somebody? What the fuck? They don't, <laughs> they don't call it a bat toll for no reason. All right. I am your sorrow von Mahale, also known as the never shame Mahale. Unless you're into that, you pathetic worm you should be ashamed of yourself it's not because he doesn't shame people it's because he just doesn't feel shame for the things he should feel shame for correct <laughs> that part of my brain is broken that part of Hashtag his brain has always been broken for years now for many for many years that part of josh's brain has been broken that part of josh's heart he does not feel shame or sadness like you and me. He only Just feels true. happy all the time. The, the taint has left me bereft of empathy. But um, uh, the gentleman below me has given me a very You've been gone. You've been gone so long. Who the hell are you? Really hasn't been that long. Who but. are you, Mister <laughs> Goatee and Illustrious Mustache? Oh yes, I am. I am the Mustache Mahal. <laughs> I must ask the, you a question. The Amon Khan, the Amon Khan mustache, uh, and I am Daniel. Uh, I was going to ask you. Uh, apparently, apparently, Leia came in and filled in for me last week. She did I have not yet see the job. episode. So if I hope she did a good job. I hope that There's... she did lots and lots of strange voices because that's the thing that you need to bring to the table if you're replacing me. That's like that's like the old adage says, you know, what do you do when you come across a man with a beard? Clean it up. <laughs> Clean it. It's not the right sound I should be making it. right now. I should not be going. <laughs> <laughs> but Speaking of seeing the last episode, the one that Leia was so kind to join us in uh, to attempt to fill the shoes of Daniel and actually fill them to overflow. I mean, uh, do a really good job at the attempt. (laughs) That's why my shoes are so wet. Jesus. Oh, no. (laughs) Uh, If you are a patron of the soldier tier or higher, you can definitely go and listen to that episode uh, already. Uh, by the time you're listening to this publicly, that episode's already been out publicly, so you'll be fine there. But um, uh, if you want to get early access to episodes 99% of the time, uh, because let's face it, I'm trash sometimes at deadlines, uh, come over to Patreon uh, for $4 a month at the soldier tier. You get early access to our episodes, generally about a week to a week and a half early, depending on editing timeframes and uploading, uh, but generally almost always early, except for one. I think there's only been one that hasn't been early at all. Yeah. Uh, But to find our Patreon, instead of making you go to patreon.com and look up the black hour podcast, which you can definitely do. You can, you can just go do it the hard way. Yeah, but the easy way is you just go to blacktowerpod.com. 
And there is a button right there towards the top that says Patreon, where you can come on over. Um, you can join us and become a family member of the Black Tower, and that will get you access to the live recorded episodes uh, where you can listen to my cohort sing live. Uh, you get unfiltered access to the episodes. So you'll hear things that maybe nobody else does that get edited out, maybe for good reasons, maybe for bad reasons. Who the fuck knows and who the fuck cares? We care because we want you to enjoy the episode in its full entirety. You can also use blacktowerpod.com to find all of our merch. Uh, there's forums there. There's a link to our fantastic continuous sponsor and the person that puts up with Josh more than any of the rest of us have to, the Crystal <laughs> Barista. So definitely Jeez. go... A special lady to put up with me. Oh, yeah. So definitely go and check out our website, the black, uh, blacktowerpod.com. Um, while you're doing that, when you get done getting your fill of our taint, uh, where else to get some fantastic tainty goodness but then to go to the greatblight.com? The it is home, great blight. It is home to a massive list of Wheel of Time oriented content creators from podcasts to YouTubers to artists to musicians to everything you can think of. You can find them on thegreatblight.com, as well as an ever-evolving wiki that is spoiler-oriented so that it will not spoil you if you have not read past a certain point in the series. So, you want to read who the hell this Avienda chick is, but you're not done with Fires of Heaven. Guess what? It has a, it has a, a section where you know to stop before you get into Fires of Heaven. It's true. So you are not spoiled. So definitely go and check it out. Uh, Nablus and his team have done a great job putting it together. They continue to do good work over on The Great Blight. Um, and yeah, just go and check it out. Tell them how much you love it. And if you find something you don't love or something you think you can do better, you can give them a feedback on how to do better there. <sighs> Breathe after all the plugs. Dude, you did um, it. You did yeah. it. Well, I try to get through the plugs like relatively quickly because I want to honor the plugs because plugs are a big part of many people's lives and they're very important to us. But also for people that are like, I'm tired of the plugs. I don't want to take up too much of your plugs time. Plugs are important sometimes. This is true. This is true. Um, Anyone so, who's ever been plugged well knows what this man is talking about. Or has done very well. Very good plugging. Also accurate. Because I have never been the pluggy, but I have definitely been the plug. Mm. Anyway. Um, moving oh, on. Okay. Moving on. So before we get into uh, anything else, because I almost forgot this again, we have some Patreon shout-outs. Yeah! Patreons! Promotions, promotions, promotions! Oh, and one new. Congratulations to the promotees. So Daniel, as a welcome back, do you want to do the shout-outs? Yeah, that sounds like a good time. Yeah, he does. So we do have a new family member, a new patron, a new member of the Black Tower. Uh, a new just, soldier. A new soldier. Yes, they're not actually at the family member tier. They're just part of our family. Um, that would be Kari. Kari is coming in hot in the soldier tier. She comes in getting her sword pin right off the bat. One of the the fastest, uh, that's that's the dedicated tier you've ever seen. What? That's the dedicated tier. Jesus, no, you're right. Okay, I'm not. <laughs> gonna do I'm just bad at it. Apparently, <laughs> what the hell is going on here? What in the hell? I even made the tears. What the fuck? 
All right. Damn it, Daniel. Sorry, Kari. Yes, she's coming in. Sorry, at... Kari. You heard me. Sorry. Uh, coming in at the soldier tier. Uh, welcome to the tower. You have been tested. You have been. You've been weighed. You've been measured, and uh, you have not you... been found wanting. <laughs> yes. Um, but yeah, excellent so callback. There you go. Love it. And then we do have two promotions. Uh, we have Norm. Norm uh, is coming up from family member to soldier. So he has finally been tested and uh, is actually officially joining the ranks of the Ashamans uh, and no longer just hanging out on the farm. He's now doing work. All of the things with the power, day He's in, day out. What was it that we said? <laughs> Wait, I'm sorry. You want them to heat up their own food with the power? Okay, fucking fine. <laughs> <laughs> so, so uh, I will say this too: the Rand the L apathetic. The resonance when Norm was tested. Whoo! It was. Oh yeah. And going well, the best part was everybody already knew Norm's name before he even got tested. Uh, so he was just already at a place where everybody you know, he, knew his name. Everyone knew his name. Yeah. And he he was glad he came. Yep. Uh, he, and then we have one other uh, promotion. <laughs> but I is it Matthew? Oh, it's more. It's a bit of a shady fellow, but more. Ah, yes. Ah, yes. The the infamous fact checker. My nemesis, the fact checker Mahale, <laughs> who comes in uh, upgrading his pledge from family member to soldier as well. Uh, so he yes. is finally he is finally actually eligible for Mahale ship. Um, <laughs> even though he's al always been one, <laughs> yeah. even though yeah, whatever, it's all good. This kind I of know. feels like um, Mahale like, ship is like the dude church where you can just pay for your degree. Uh, I oh, actually it's free. What? It's free. Never mind. It's free. I just got ordained in the church, the Latter Day Church of Dudism. I'm a latter day dude officially yeah. but do you tie the room together no my rug does trick question also the uh, the the official symbol of dudism is a yin and yang only instead of one dot it's three dots like a bowling ball and I kind of want it as a tattoo I'm yeah. not even kidding. That's well, also for the the Aes Sedai symbol, but it's got the three dots for the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, and the Mother, Daughter, Holy Ghost. Right? Whatever, man. <laughs> if I, I if I ever do a wedding ceremony as a representative of the Church of Dudism, the wedding vows will be as follows. Do you promise to abide? Yes. Do you promise to abide? Yes. Cool. Then, like, be happy, man. 
what and, and they, if you ever get a situation if you ever get a situation where they say no will you look at them and be like do you abide and then have them be like i do not and then you can look at them and be like yeah but it'd be like way cooler if you did <laughs> no, that's that's a different religion oh come I'd on be interested to see, like, the followers of mcconaughey um, i'd be interested to see like a dudist wedding that is also like a shotgun wedding it's simultaneously <laughs> chill but incredibly nerve-wracking it would it would have to be like you'd have to have the nihilists behind you with a gun to your head being like they care about nothing and they must be married now what yeah. Why is Arnold Schwarzenegger the representative? <laughs> nothing, Lebowski. Nihilist. He care about nothing. We are nihilists, Lebowski. We care about nothing. We are nihilists. We do not care about your dude <laughs> abiding. We will, we will make these people marry each other whether they want when he to says, or not. When he says, do it. Do it now. That's him. Get to the like altar. The Get to the altar. We change altar. from dudeism to Schwarzeneggerism. Oh Jesus! Hey man, but the previous re- reference to the Schwartz, it's, it's all Indeed. full circle. It's but full, it's, it's it's all it's like wheel. time, like a circle. But like a congratulations wheel. to uh, our new members here at the Black Tower and See. our promotees. Thank you so much. Uh, your support goes a long way to help support what we do here, uh, which hopefully in turn lets us do cool stuff for all of you that are kind enough to listen. Uh, and provide feedback and outlook. I swear, if you don't stop fucking notifying me of bullshit. Sorry. I swear, Anyone? outlook. Does I will. And some wine. No, I, I, have, I have a whole bunch of tank right he here. Has a, he has a buzz ball. But anyway, one of our recent promotees, the illustrious, the infamous, the fantastically fabulous Norm, Norm! with his promotion also decided to bestow a gift upon the Black Tower. So here to make sure that you are prepared for the topic of the day and nobody, buzzballs don't do shit. What the fuck? You, how did you know I had a buzzball? I said it. <laughs> oh. I said it with my human mouth oh. out loud. I was like really confused. Well, that's not what I have anymore. I have a, a regular cup. Um, well, a tumbler. Anyway, to make sure you are not spoiled... Beyond what you so desire, the fantastic, the fabulous Norm is here to make sure that you are protected from unwanted. Do you like being spoiled? <laughs> That's the North Harbor spoiler. Uh, no, I know. Yeah. Well, we're going to go with this. Hello, I'm Tam Sorrell Norm. You may remember me from the Dusty Wheel or the Black Tower podcast. I'm here to give you a public service announcement about spoilers, as this episode may contain some. As if you didn't already know that, like watching the film Titanic and being surprised that the boat sinks at the end of the movie. Hello, moron. The movie is called Titanic. Of course, the boat fracking sinks. This show is called The Black Tower Podcast, as in from the Wheel of Time. And these three guys are Ashaman. Well, at least two of them. I don't know about that, Josh. <laughs> anyway, you have been moved. <laughs> wow. <laughs> the shade. The one Josh. Also, the shade. I love it. I love it, and also I'm a little offended. I mean, you should. Okay, be. Norm. I'm a, when you well, go great. low, I'm gonna go high. You know what happens when you're offended? 
Nothing. You're just offended. Move on with your life. <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> when when Norm goes low, Josh gets high. That's the that's what's that's exactly that's one hell of a coping mechanism, and I applaud you, sir. Right. Ladies and gentlemen, tonight is a very special night because it's my personal favorite segment on the Black Tower podcast. Do you Tonight's know what a that very segment special night, is, guys? It's my birthday, so I get to introduce you to my girlfriend. We're no, she goes to a different school. You wouldn't know her. Um, we're gonna see do that video though, right? A background breakdown. Back 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 brown. That's right. Break down 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 and the person we're discussing tonight is a person. They slipped away. They slipped away. We try to catch them to talk about them, but they slipped away. They do that. It's 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 true. She's older. She's a slippery. She's slippery. It's like literally. She's like that person that um. Figure the controls slippery the controls like uh admissions and the administration of like most colleges but they smell like really like wet and hot almost muggy i guess you could call them like a muggy dean i hate i am <laughs> so simultaneously much. disappointed and impressed with myself <laughs> no you should only find disappointment there sir uh, yes, tonight for the rest we're of the talking life of the Black Tower podcast, you will only hear the dulcet sounds of Daniel and Josh. For that infraction, Ran- Andrew has been removed <laughs> from <laughs> fucking muggy Dean. Really, really? Oh, God, that's fair. Tonight we will be to sing the Spider, Arachnus, Deathicus herself. She plays so many big, like so many uh, pivotal moments in the Wheel of Time. She's there. She does so many terrifying things. And she's a beautiful example of when less is more. How about that? How about I say that? She's She's a tremendous example of someone who perfectly understands the concept of Less is more. Yeah. And, and I'll die on this hill. It's it is a it's it's a small hill because less is more. Um, but you know, hey, <laughs> I see what you did there. That's no, right. It's... Tonight we're talking about the Forsaken Mogadian, and she's kind and of. I committed the like, sin. Okay, I see what's going right on here. No, 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 I, I'm currently kicking Josh off too. Next week they're just getting me. I'm, you're both out. Wait, for for so your what? cardinal sins of, of mispronouncing Mogadine. Wait, Mogadian? No, it's Mogadian. Mogadian. That's what I said. No, it's Mogadian. not. No, it's not. You so put the wrong emphasis she, on the wrong syllable. What are we like? Late nineties, early two thousands fandom on Fairyland or something. <laughs> Moghadian is actually old tongue for the spider. She 
in her, her are we going to pronounce civilian mo- mo- civilian mo- life? Mo-gi-gene? That's not the right way to put differently it. Differently every time we say it. Pedian. Well, why not? I just finally got what Josh meant by something he said before we started recording, and I kind of feel bad. I'm not going to say it because it would be completely <laughs> counter to what was said, but I just got it and I'm like, son of a bitch. Like, anyway. So on that note, it's all good. Yeah. We're good. We're good. We good. We good, bro. So, so that actually means in the old tongue, her name means sickness deficus. And, uh, but her name Prior to turning over to the shadow, does anybody know this? Without Googling, fact checker, do you know? Fact checker's in the live chat. If you want to be in the live chat, you got to join a Patreon. We actually have a bunch of people in our live chat. This is great. It's actually pretty cool. We do have a lot of people. Um, This is a full spoilers episode, though. Uh, Let's see. So anybody? spoilers? No, that's (laughs) not her name. No, no, no. That's correct. Her name in the old tongue is, oh, God, will you squish this? Yeah. Her name before <laughs> she was known as Mokidi. Lilen Moiral. Moral. Moiral. She was, I think she's, if I, can I say she was like the emo goth forsaken? Uh, definitely aesthetically every time i picture her i picture her with like a bob cut dark makeup spider sort of like necklace like real intricate spider necklace a little bit of lace not too much so kind of like how i pictured so kind of like if wednesday adams leaned more into morticia bro yes yes yeah. Yes. That's the oh, aesthetic she... of Mo of Mo Gideon. There so is. she and she walks around high school listening exclusively to My Chemical Romance and Pop Rock Punk Rock Princess. There it is. Yeah. I never listened right to the there. second one, but I definitely listened to a fair share of MZR. Until they came out with the Sing album, which is absolute garbage. Fucking Gerald Way, you should have stopped. Gerard, Gerard, whatever. Started with a G. I got that much right. I don't give a fuck. He fucked up, so I fucked up his name. All right. Cause now you fucked up. Fuck around and find out. Now you. But yeah. So since we're talking about pre, uh, pre the the born, what uh, who uh, Lillen was? Yes. Do you remember what Lillen's job was prior to uh, the the uh, the boring into the dark one's prison. It is not um, a job I thought I would ever hear as like, this is how this Forsaken started. This was their career field. And it's kind it, of funny. Interesting. To me. So fun story though. Uh, Mogadion was someone who was in the age of legends, relatively low on the power channeling capability now, uh-huh. she's still, when it comes to the Third Age, she can still channel more than any living Aes Sedai. 
but when it comes to the forsaken she was like relatively low on the scale not also, just relatively she was like second to last yeah well, she is and, she and is the weakest that's where was gonna go. she is the weakest okay, so yeah i believe she is the uh, weakest in was... terms of channeling ability forsaken i'm talking about like not, not her ability weak. to channel not how strong she was the job that she performed as a member of Luz Theron's staff. She was his hedge fund manager. Essentially, <laughs> yes. She was an yeah. investment advisor. Oh, shit. Hedge funds manager. Yeah. So she was the one who found the money the to get uh, fucking Luz Theron all of the cashola that he needed to do all of his stupid-ass mm. projects. Yeah. And postal and workers fun. go insane... They like are much more explosive. Can yeah. I say that? Is that offensive? No, um, when probably when accountants go insane, she was that coworker that always told you you needed to buy Dogecoin. It's the next big thing. <laughs> Which Fortune favors the brave. She was a Dogecoin bro. Fortune yeah. favors the brave. Yeah. Dogecoin to the Sharome. <laughs> Uh, but, um, I hate that too, so the, the fun fact about her name is uh, not only does uh, Mogidian <laughs> translate in old tongue to spider, it was also the name of a small spider that was found in the Age of Legends that lived in hiding and had a poison that would kill within seconds. So it wasn't just generic spider. It was a very specific spider. It was a specific, yes. And, so and, there's a bit of an insult in the name, but also a bit of like a uh, you're a coward, but you fucking scary coward. Well, and the cool thing is, and and the, this actually brings in a callback to the series in, in toward the end of the series, is Mogedwan learned very quickly that those who ha- are weaker in the power are often overlooked often dismissed as you're weaker in the power so we don't especially among the forsaken the ones who only ever use the fucking power you want to kill someone don't do it with your bare hands even if it's a child make sure that you kill them in their crib with your wand so that you can have the repercussions come back at you don't don't wait wait, make sure their parents aren't there if you're going to do that He thought that that, uh, Larry was out of PP for the move protect, but uh, he wasn't. So, Larry as a baby, Larry Harry as a baby had plenty of PP. Yeah, fucking Larry Larry. Potter. That's the that's the redneck hillbilly story of Harry Potter. Larry Larry Pooter. Okay, is not Voldemort. Mogedian is not a good example of Voldemort, <laughs> but there are a couple of other Forsaken who are like Landfear, for example. Landfear is Voldemort. She is standing there being like, she I can hold all three of you women with a shield and also Rand. And then just fucking gets Le- Leroy Jenkins into a archway. Like, come on. She's like Peter Pettigrew. Motherfucker. Like, come on. She's Peter oh, she's Pettigrew so with the aesthetic of Bellatrix Lestrange. Oh, yeah. Dude, are you kidding me? Yeah. Yeah. What happened to her nose? What? Okay, it's a comparison based on characterization, not based on uh, facial structure. Okay, cool. Jesus. Thank you. Thank you for spending Anyway, uh, so during the Age of Legends, um, like Josh said earlier, she was 
relatively weak in comparison to the remaining or the other Aes Sedai. So as such, she often was just overlooked as just harmless and unimportant. She was the person that sat in the office going over the numbers, looking after some of Lou Theron or the Aes Sedai's finances, probably a bit of both uh, for sure. But what she did, true to her name, uh, as soon as uh, the bore happened, was she very quickly said, you know what? Uh, all of these other people in high school that picked on me and ignored me, uh, I'm going to fuck them over by pretending to be their friend. And even though she doesn't like, she doesn't take out loose there and she doesn't take out a bunch of ice and I, but what she does is actually incredibly effective. And it's, I feel like it brings in an aspect of uh, the concept of total war that a lot of, that is frequently forgotten about. You know, it's, it's kind of one of the same things that makes the, the white cloaks uh, uh, historically, at least in the books, terrifying because of what they do to the populace, not the people that have the power to resist, but the people that don't. And uh, Mogidian has the blood of countless civilians on her hands. She deliberately yes. feeds information to the shadow, hides information from the light, um, and does a lot of maneuvering to make the light go in a wrong direction or away from here to aid the shadow in the war of power um, so that a ton of civilians die. <laughs> Uh, and so she very much knew the lesson that Russia learned very early on. Logistics is fucking important. So you don't want it with a 40-mile convoy bit. of non-movable trucks because, oh, they ran out of gas. I know what's wrong with it. Ain't got no gas in it. Ain't got no gas. Wouldn't it be nice if you were in a place where people use their tractors to trail it? To, to tell you where you wanted instead of just off the farm. Yes. They weren't taken by farmers. They were taken to a local garage for repair. And nobody yeah. is appreciative of that. Yep, exactly. Rude. Um, but yeah, so uh, she's doing that. She gets discovered, barely escapes with her life uh, because uh, Brigida Silverbow, who is then known as uh, Tidra, um, figures out like who she is. And this is the origin of why Mogidian absolutely hates Brigida Silverbow. Yes. Um, yes. So she barely escapes with her life after being discovered as a supporter of the Shadow, as a dark friend, um, and then gets summoned with the other 12 Forsaken uh, to come to Shaogul and is there when Luce Theron and his uh, companions, the Hunter Companions, strike. And that is how she even finds herself physically there to be trapped uh, in, a, in a dreamless sleep for 3,000 years. A seamless dreep. Friends of the Dark, uh, same thing. You just reordered the words. I mean, yeah. You know, I, you know what I love about this, though? What I love about this is because we do meet Brigida Silverbow later in the series. And Brigida Wait, do? and Magadian meet. They meet. And Mogadian and Brigida are like, uh, it's you, and it's it's just a real terrible thing. Well, I also love how again, Mogadian is known as one of the. She is not known as the queen of Teleran Riyadh. 
That's Lanfear. But she is known to be insanely adept at Teleranriad and sneaky yes. as fuck. Yes. She considers uh, herself the master of, Tel- of Teleranriad. Yeah, well, she or can Tal- go fuck yeah. herself. It's definitely Lanfear. I mean, you're right. Um, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I can also call She's myself the, the president master of, of the United Ron States. That's- uh, it doesn't mean it's true. Um, yes, that is a joke for people Look. to get it. Stop it. Um, but yeah, so... <laughs> but she is incredibly adept. Uh, it's, it is something <laughs> where she is very, very scary in Teleran Riyadh, and it is a situation where Birgitta's kind of always in danger. Not always, but in danger a lot on some levels because every time as a hero of the horn she leaves the wheel to wait to be spun back out she's in mogedian's world she does have a lot of knowledge about teleran riyad and she is careful and she is smart but she runs around after Nynaeve and Egwene find themselves in Teleran Riyadh with regularity and basically goes, I barely even feel safe here. Get the fuck out. You don't know what's here. And of course, they screw up over and over and over again. And that turns into the aforementioned meeting of Mogedian showing up in Birgitta and Mogedian being like you so I'll I'll agree and also dissent with you in you will try some points <laughs> heroes of the horn they are strictly forbidden to actually interact with quote unquote people correct which tells me that there is a higher echelon of knowledge that allows them to abide by such rules. Believe, I mean, maybe, and maybe I'm wrong, but if there's any evidence of this to the contrary, I'd love to see it, hear it, and or see it. Jesus. Um, I don't believe the Forsaken have the depth of knowledge that the heroes of the horn do now i believe that some of them are close because obviously they've been exploring for thousands of years but the heroes of the horn are in teleron riad indefinitely with hundreds of they are all in effect quizets haderach and the forsaken are fledglings attempting that level of understanding uh, I, I'm not saying that that isn't a, an interpretation that you can make and have and isn't somewhat uh, sort of supported by the evidence, but in my reading of it, it definitely feels a lot like the heroes of the horn do a shit ton of avoidance because they don't actually have that yeah. much of a knowledge of Teleranriad, and they're really just kind of running around being like, I just have to make it until I get spun back out. Again, it's not a it's not necessarily a constant fear of forsaken. It's not like they're standing there the whole time being like, "Oh, what was that sound? Oh, what was that sound? Oh, what was that sound?" But it is definitely not that they just have some like super <laughs> higher knowledge of Teleranriad, um, and they are just in danger in some way. I- 
and just avoiding people because that is their mandate. And in avoiding people, they've gotten good at avoiding Forsaken as well. But if they meet a Forsaken in Teleran Riyadh, they could easily get fucked. <laughs> no, and but but that's what I'm saying. There are there are places in Teleran Riyadh that are inaccessible. Well, not inaccessible as in you can never ever ever go there, but inaccessible as in it's an island that you can't go to except you already know the location of the island. And I believe that's where most of the Heroes of the Horn hang out. And there's a lot of people, Forsaken included, who traverse Teleran Riyadh, but there are places within Teleran Riyadh that the normal person can't go to because they don't already know it exists. You know what I think? I think all of those, the the feeling of being watched in Teleran Riyadh is actually just a shit ton of Heroes of the Horn watching what's going on as you walk through (laughs) Teleran Riyadh. And they're actually not on some island just, uh, you know, living it up in Dionysus's uh, wine and cheese festival. They're like behind pillars all the time being like, (laughs) I'm here, but I can't do anything. Fuck. They're all Pavlov's heroes. There you go. I mean, no, Schrodinger, not Pavlov. Schrodinger's heroes. That's Schrodinger's what I meant. Schrodinger's heroes. There, I, you I know knew what, what I you meant. meant. <laughs> Came in clutch. I don't know. I I feel like I feel like if this was if this was okay, if 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 the whole of existence was a house, and Teleran Riyadh was your bedroom, where you spent your between times between eating between associating with the family between working between you know whatever i feel like you would know your bedroom better than anybody who came into your bedroom and was like dude cool bedroom so i feel like the heroes of the horn just by nature of being in teleran riyadh would have a greater understanding of teleran riyadh because they can retain those memories and knowledge and understanding which is this, how they're able to maintain avoidance it sounds this like two great episode. future yeah. topics right? one <laughs> the heroes of the horn and two the nature of teleran riyadh okay we're gonna write that down write that down write that down yeah so um, for now yes boaters As we the, all go the, silent. The was, eight-legged squish squishes. By Birgitta, right? She was uh-huh. what? So she's got yeah, a foiled. vendetta. Well, she was discovered, yeah, foiled, yeah, yeah. So the first time we see her, her in, in the books, foil. though, like, so we've discussed kind of backstory, but the first time we see her in the books, right? When is the first time we see her in the books? Uh, she has disguised herself as Gildan, a dark friend merchant's servant, to yeah. keep an eye on Leandrin and the other Black sisters in... That's right. So Shadow Rising Chapter 38 is when she pops yep. up as uh, Gildan. She's first mentioned there in she... Chapter 9 of the Shadow Rising, but uh, we see her as Gildan. 38, we see her as Mo Gideon in Chapter 46. Yep. And this is where she has her big duel with Nynaeve, or this book is yeah. where she has her big duel with Nynaeve. Not this, not the first scene that she is introduced, but later on in that book, she is going after the Dominion Band, which is uh, also something that the Black Sisters would 
I don't think they actually know about it. Otherwise, they would totally be going after it as well. Yeah. Um, or the do- Domination Band. Sorry, not the yeah. Dominion Band. The Domination Band. Yeah. So Black Sisters um, are too like distracted by like the other relics. Uh, the yep. Black Aja covets the Mercedes-Benz logo. So There it is. <laughs> I knew we were going to mention the Mercedes. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it's cool because like... Uh, initially, Elaine and Nynaeve are 100% caught off guard, which is Mo Gideon's metric. That's what she does. Yep. Because she comes in, and uh, as Josh leaves, uh, until he comes back, I think his internet fully lagged out. Um, but she comes in and immediately hits Elaine and Nynaeve with compulsion. Oh, Shows yeah. up and immediately is like, boom. Uh, and basically tells them... Uh, Tell us, uh, forces them to tell her everything that they know about the Black Ajo sisters. Yep. But it's during this that Nynaeve figures out, like, we're fucking being forced. We're being bamboozled and gets pissed. And immediately is essentially able to break out of compulsion, which is an incredible feat in and of itself. But then proceeds to -to toe-to-toe duel the shit out of Mogidian. Stops her uh, in her tracks, but before she can, like, you know, the final blow and capture Mogidian, Mogidian does what Mogidians do, and she fucking slips away. Mogidians are really, really great at just gone. All of the Mogidians that we know are really good every single at that. one of them. Yeah, a hundred percent of the Mogedians that we know. Yeah. Um. So, and what I think, honestly, uh, I think there are more important things that happen with her. And until I remember some of the other stuff she does, I'm going to call the next scene with her um, our most influential moment, and that is uh, when she shows up in Amadicia. Yep, that is the next yeah. time. That I, I, know, I know that's the next moment. What I'm saying is, I'm going to say this is her pinnacle moment until oh, I remember okay. other stuff she does. Other stuff she does is important, uh, but the pinnacle yeah. of her abilities and the things she does with free agency, to me, this is the pinnacle because she shows up in Amadicia, takes control of what remains of Leandrin and the company of Black Aja sisters. And Leandrin... Uh, has very adeptly picked up on the fact that Mogidian is very low on the totem pole. And it's like, if there's one motherfucker to try with, it's Mogidian. And then very quickly goes like, okay, low person on the Forsaken totem pole is still much higher than me on the people that exist totem pole. Uh, Because it is Mogidian that ties a shield around Leandrin that is incredibly complex. It's impossibly complex. And there's no way that Leandrin is ever going to figure out how to unravel this. And so Leandrin is de facto still. Um, it's, it's procedurally, well, procedurally obviously different, but in feeling and effect, no different than stealing uh, is the way it's kind of explained. And Leandrin's like, okay, cool. Uh, I'll just fucking kill myself because that's how we feel about these kind of things. Or excuse me, I'm gonna have to edit that uh, out because YouTube. Um, I'm just going to pass the metric. But self unalive, <laughs> um, self 
I'm just going to all the world is a stage. I think it's time for me yeah. to exit stage left. Yeah. I'm just gonna to alt the powder room to take a powder. Yeah. I'm just gonna alt F for my existence. <laughs> and then Mogidian is like, uh no, cool, compulsion, uh live. And we know from compulsion that the closer that the order is to what the individual already wants to do, the stronger it is. Making uh, Mogidian's right. compulsion to Leandrin to live essentially unbreakable. Basically, yeah. It's honestly one of the most savage evil... Leandrin fucked around and found out really hard. Well, it, so it this really is one of the though. this is one of the really interesting moments because again, it's the uh, Galena moment. It's the outdoming the dom. Because Leandrin comes in hard at Mogedian. She is on a warpath and she sees her opportunity and goes, and I'm going to be the new Forsaken. And Mogedian turns around and goes, oh, you sweet summer child. I am the most Forsaken of all of the Forsaken. And I'm going to do the most horrible thing that I can imagine to you. And of course, all of us sitting in the at home are a little like Leandrin's the worst. Slay! But like at the same time, Mogidian is like horrible in this moment. She listened to too the much Eminem. The reason that we like her in this moment is because Leandrin is so bad. When it happens to Kate Fleetwood, I'm going to cry. Like holy shit! For real well, though, okay. she listened to too much Eminem. Thought she was the next Eminem and turned out to actually be Nick Cannon. Yep. So <laughs> she lost herself in the music the moment she Don't owned stop. it. No. And then Mogedian made her let it go. <laughs> but yeah. So we are <laughs> we are running out of time here, and Mogedian does do a number of other things uh, that we will she talk does a lot about. Of amazing um, Sorry, all of my we're headphones gonna... are dying. Oh no! We're, so, so we're gonna run through a few of these because there are a handful of things that aren't actually that important, but that she does and should be mentioned, um, including the fact that this is the the first time that Brigida and Mogedian actually meet. Uh, they are in Teleran Riyadh, and Mogedian is spying on a number of the other Forsaken discovers that she is being spied on by Nynaeve, so Nynaeve is spying on the Spire, uh, turns and uh, basically captures Nynaeve, goes, you're in my world now, bitch, and then takes a an arrow to the knee, um, horribly wounding her. Nice uh, but before she actually gets... Before she actually leaves Teleran Riyadh, she wrenches Bergida out of Teleran Riyadh forcibly, uh, making it so that she nearly dies. And Elaine does the only thing that she knows how to to make her survive, which is to bond her as a warder. That's and a Nynaeve, baller move for Mogedian. It's though. such a baller move. It's such a baller move. Dude, honestly, we give Mogedian a lot of shit, and she deserves it. She is evil as fuck. But, like, as far as just overall, like, accomplishments, Mogedian has a bit of a resume. Like, seriously. She, she ends up... She's she's in Teleran Riyadh torturing Brigida, Nynaeve. But it's her arrogance... Oh, it is, yeah. 
that ends up getting her screwed because as we all know she is a very plentiful source of information about the age of legends and weaves in the age of legends because we already know that the Sean Chan have these really cool things called Adam and they and I have drastically different interpretations of the word cool. I mean, yes. I mean, they are metal, so they're probably cool to the touch. Okay, listen here, you shithead. Um, Elaine has learned how to recreate Tirangrial. So she recreates an Adam, and she's like, look, this one's not connected, so it's better. She creates a cellular Adam. And that's um, not yet. I don't know what. That's not yet. So that when she does this, it's she actually we... goes back out of Teleran Riyadh with the critical wound, goes back to the Black Sisters and has them heal her. Oh, and then that's right. This is where she decides that she's going to go to Saladar and fuck with the girls in Saladar. Yeah. Because she uh, disguises correct. herself as Morrigan, who is a refugee who basically fleeces kids. some kids. Where did she get the kids? <laughs> oh, there's a plethora of children. I don't want to well, know, but also I want to know. So there's a ton of refugees that leave Terrabon yeah. with Nynaeve. And to, to be fair, you weren't far off with with the Adam thing because that is literally Correct. That is the, the next, next thing. thing that happens. Yeah. Uh, but she does she does leave, and this is the thing we see uh, often and almost every time with uh, with the Forsaken that are in Teleron Riyadh. They open gateways and they leave. And from yep. what we see from Rand, because Rand does this same thing. They are entering Teleron Riyadh in the flesh. In the full, yeah. Which, which is, is incredibly dangerous. Yep. Um, now, you do have a shit ton more control in Teleron Riyadh when you enter in the flesh, mm -hmm. but you also have a fuck ton more risk. Which is what cements it as the nearest mirror world to the current reality. In a place where all mirror worlds yep. converge. So, basically. And, and, that's, yeah. and that's... Actually, that, that's a really great point because that points out the flaw that Nynaeve uh, exploits. She realizes that Mohaidain Mo Mo is in Teleran Riyadh in the flesh. Yes. She is. No, it's. He's right. They specifically talk about this. You what? Because uh, earlier... Uh, so does Nynaeve then push this... her out? No, no, she doesn't no. push her out. She idoms her in Teleran. So that's what I'm getting at, is because she does that, and then knowing that the Adam will disappear whenever uh, she leaves Teleran Riyadh, because Nynaeve is but not fully doesn't. there. Uh, no. She fork roots the shit out of Mogidian yes. in Teleran Riyadh. And tells uh, tells them when they oh, go to look for her yeah, that she right. can't channel, so her disguise will be and down. Exactly. If Mogidian right. exactly. was in Teleron Riyadh in the flesh in this Which, instance, they wouldn't be able to find her fork rooted because she would still physically be in Teleron Riyadh. Can so we think, just like 
I think this is an instance where Mo Gideon is like, you know what? I think tonight I'm just going to sleep and show up. (laughs) And yeah, that's infinitely like it's the one time, honestly, that being in Teleron Riyadh in the flesh would have benefited her infinitely more because she could have been like, I can't channel, but I can just will myself somewhere else. Yeah, though I don't know. I mean, like, brilliance though of Nynaeve, like, oh, every day she. Adam's her in in, in Teleron Riyadh, and she's like, okay, cool. What do I do now? Because any like less thoughtful, less uh cool, calm and collected, less strategic person would have been like, I'm getting out of here. But Nynaeve stops and is like, hmm, I can do this. I can I can bend this to my will. I and has the like brilliant Beckham. idea to to do the fork route, and then wakes up and she's like, "Okay, it was a gamble, but let's see if it worked." And it did. And that gamble led to having Mogedian's capture. Right, Malchaidine being completely and totally subservient to Elaine, Nynaeve, and Egwene. Egwene, who at the at this point in time was the Amaralyn seat. Yes. Well, and this turns into one of the greatest resources that they actually have for a time because Nynaeve, for example, still has her block and she actually uses yeah. Mogedian to help defeat a Forsaken as well <laughs> as right. Nynaeve, Elaine, and Egwene all use Mogedian's knowledge like gangbusters. And like, again, it's this, I, I love the, the dichotomy here because Rand has lost his Forsaken advisor by this point. Um, and the girls get their own. Rand can't tell anybody really about the fact that he had a uh, forsaken advisor because that's just not something that he can really freely admit even though a couple of people kind of know that uh, or at least suspect but they just can't prove it but this is this is the moment where I love how Rand sets up using Asmodian and tells him like these number of rules about things that he has to teach him and ways that he has to teach him and things like that. Uh, And then they kind of like come to an agreement and like start doing that. And then the girls capture their own Forsaken and have like a nearly identical list of shit that they need to do. It's like, I love how Robert Jordan just calls shit back all the time. Because again, Rand is like, Every day you need to answer all of my questions that I have and also teach me one other thing that I don't ask about. And the girls do almost exactly the same thing with Mogedian. They come in and they're like, all right, Mogedian, every day you got to answer all our questions and then you also got to give us one extra piece of information that we didn't ask for. And I was just like, yes, I love it. Emmons fielders are consistent. Well, I mean, they They're also the have they have something that Rand doesn't. Um, Rand has has a 
like intimidation oh, like control. General holdover. Yeah. Yeah. He has intimidation controls. Like every time Asmodian is like, uh, well, fuck you. He's like, cool. Um, I'll just kill you here and now because you know right? I can't. <laughs> and Asmodian's like, cool. Well, and let me no teach you something. No one's even going to look for your yeah. body. Yeah, because about the time that Asmodian's like, okay, look, I'm fully thrown in with this guy. I better help him. Like, Gorindal shows up. <gasps> no, not you. And he dies. But what Nynaeve, but Elaine... Wine, though. <laughs> yeah, what Nynaeve, Elaine, and Egwene have is absolute domination over an inherently fearful person. Because that's the oh, thing. Yeah. Mogedian is inherently fearful and will always operate in the interest of her own preservation. Um, which is what has allowed her to survive so long, but also what winds up in her essentially being killed and reborn. Uh, well, not killed and reborn, but, um, you know, Cora yes. Um yes. well, and So they have I, this total control, yeah. and they can make her feel anything they want her to feel without even breaking any of the oaths that they technically haven't sworn but tried to abide by. Well, and even more than that, I, I like that you just made that point because they can even feel shit that she feels too through the idum and so they actually know sort of when she's lying and blah 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 not truly truly because it is still a little abstract through the idum but at the same time it's even better than what rand had with asmodian because he couldn't feel shit from asmodian he just yelled at him like can't you just play your harp and i'll throw things at you What's also kind of hilarious is how recently Egwene has become the Armorland seat and how quickly she takes on a task that is like that is arguably the same arguably the same level if not maybe worse than what Suan did with the Dragon Reborn. Oh Rebel. yeah. Oh yeah. Um, I agree. You know, absolute power corrupts absolutely. Not saying that it, she was corrupted, but you know, it's it's a scary thing. Yeah. All right. Um, so power through some more of this. Um, after they take oh, her captive. Oh, okay. No, Sorry, I, th I thought we were done with her captivity. Oh yeah, so she actually gets let go uh, from the the, the from sisters. her first captivity. Yes, from her first captivity. Right. Yes, uh, she does get let go um, by another one of the Forsaken. Um, yes, letting her go out of her. Yes, Halima, correct. Halima, who is Arangar in disguise? One, who is Arangar? Is one of uh, who channels Sidine, not Sidar. Yes. Quick aside, quick uh, tangent that doesn't require another episode. Did you see the tweet from the author of the Origins of the Wheel of Time? Not specifically. Uh, it was from yes! the from the, the tweet about the two the two daggers, saying the they are a, were the a critical. For Osangar yes. and Arangar, because yes. they are both described as a set of twin daggers. Nice. So that I, that, like I was like literally looking at Arangar saying it's like one of a set of twin daggers or one of a twin set of daggers. Wait, I saw a tweet about daggers. <gasps> yep. Indeed. I'm sure, somebody already said it in the comments. Anyway, sorry. Go ahead. Arangar as Halima sets her free from her. Uh, well, sort of. She, well, I mean, Arangar sets her free from the girls and immediately brings her effectively to Moradin uh, because she is called to Sheol Ghul, um, and she goes there, and the Dark One goes, 
I'm sorry, did you just give motherfucking shadow secrets to these, like, little motherfuckers in Saladar? And Mogedian goes, it was a ploy. I was being sneaky. Blah, 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 didn't, blah. And didn't Shadar Haran goes, show up and take her? Oh, you're right. Shadar Haran shows up. Yeah. It's like they're with Halima. Uh, and then yeah. takes Mogedian. Is like, you are just, summoned to yeah. Gol. And like every other Forsaken, she's yeah. like, fuck you, Merge. I'll have to do what you want. And then immediately and then is like, oh, I fucked just, up. Just, just disciplines the shit out of her and then brings her to Shogol. Yes. Um, and so then uh, he puts her in a mind trap, uh, brings her or gives her mind trap to Moradin, who is actually at this point relatively freshly brought back. Because he yeah. hasn't been around at, now. At this point, he's already essentially nameless. Oh, yeah. No, 100%. Yeah. But at the same time, he has definitely not been announced as such. Um, but yeah, yeah, so... But he's already got the saw and everything. So he's like freshly reborn and already has the fucking black eye flakes. And it's like, dude, chill out with the obey. Right. So she gets... Uh, Put under Moradin's control. He then goes ahead and gives her a task to go to Abu Dar um, to find Falian Boda and Ispand Shafar um, and figure out how they're doing on their Angrial hunt uh, because they're looking for the Bull of the Winds, basically. Um, and while there, Nynaeve and Elaine have also come to Abu Dar with our lovely friend Matt to do exactly the same thing, look for the Bull of the Winds, um, and Mogedian and Nynaeve cross paths, sort of. They cross paths from a distance, and Mogedian does the single dumbest thing that she has done in the entirety of the series so far, <laughs> and that is she makes Nynaeve no longer handicapped. Because she sees Nynaeve get on a boat and sail out into the river, and she oh, bale-fires the boat. Such a good moment, boat. though. Oh, it's a fantastic moment. Uh, she goes and she uh, misses her target, because she actually tries to go ahead and, and bale-fire Nynaeve herself. Gets distracted or tapped or, like, you know, whatever. Misses her target. Blows a giant hole in the boat that Nynaeve's in and nearly drowns her before Lan saves her. And in her near-death experience, Nynaeve gets over her black, effectively making her like the third most powerful non-Forsaken channeler in the entire fucking world. <laughs> and we haven't even actually met like numbers one and two. So yeah, it's ridiculous. Anyway, uh, this turns out to be a very bad idea, um, and she actually gets uh, punished for it as well because they find it, or Morden finds out and gets mad at her because that was not what she was mandated to do. Um, and this is where uh, Mogedian yeah, meets up with Sindane, who is Lanfear reborn. Well. At this point in time, we Ooh. kind of skipped over a very important Indeed. piece. At this point in time, uh. Mohadayin is been 
connected to and or entrapped within a corsuvra. Moradin, Sorry, say that again. She she's been entrapped inside a corsuvra. Yes, correct. Moradin holds the corsuvra that holds the soul of Mohedahin. I'm going to slap you. So she is it, when she attacks Nynaeve, she is doing this in secret. She's still acting as the spider. She does not have explicit permission, nor does she have an order from Moradin, the holder of her soul, to take this action. But oh, she and that's does right. It because she is so upset at Nynaeve for besting her. Well, she completely well, breaks her own namesake. Absolutely. This is one of my, absolute, yeah, one of my favorite parts. Because she's always actually... like hiding in the web. But then yeah. this time, in broad fucking daylight, in the middle of the fucking city, she goes, white hot beam, go. Well, And, and I, you know I half remember... the city is like, oh, look at that. I'm blind. Well, and I remembered it's one of the cooler moments because it's actually a stroke of Moradin down the Corsuvra that makes her miss. That's what it is yes. that distracts her. Exactly. And I love that mechanic that the bad guys can't get their shit together enough because they keep lying to each other and sneaking around and doing things they're not supposed to. And so Moradin doesn't know that she's about to bailfire her biggest nemesis. So he just goes... Oh, little spider, and just touches her corsuvra, and she's like, oh, and misses with the bale fire. Yeah. Oh, it's such um, a good moment. So after this, um, Morden sends um, Gideon along with Sindane, as was mentioned earlier, as messengers to summon Grendel to him, which is obviously a play by Morden to show his strength, influence, and power over Grendel. Um, they participate in the battle near Shatter Logoth, where, of course, Rand and Nynaeve use the Choden Call to cleanse Sidene. Um, and oh. I, I love Mogedian's role in cleansing Sidene. She's just like, yeah, they're, they're doing that over there. And I was ordered to be here, but I wasn't ordered to do anything. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to kind of hold on. I'm just going to, you guys. You guys do you. So well, it's, especially it's, because Mogedian knows that she is uber fucked already and that she's probably <laughs> not making it out of this alive, even if she does end up making it like end up helping the shadows. She's basically sitting there being like, Yeah, so I'm damned if I do and damned if I don't. So have fun cleaning Sidene, because I don't give a fuck yeah. anymore. <laughs> So the, the next scene that we see uh, Mogidian and after the cleansing of Sidene is she is there at a meeting uh, of all of the chosen slash forsaken in Teleron Riyadh. Yep. Um, and they are all told that Rand is not to be harmed, but Matt and Perrin are to be killed if found. And I think it's an, an incredible moment because... Rain. Yeah, because it seems to indicate that at this point, the Forsaken as a collective want to acknowledge under guise of the Dark One giving this order that Rand is now too strong 
and too powerful for them to singularly face. They want well, to provide and... an out and an excuse to not have to one on one v one the Dragon Reborn. It's hit a point where they have to acknowledge, even to the point of the Dark One acknowledging that a singular Forsaken cannot take down the Dragon Reborn. He's very clearly on a track to fight uh, to, to fight the Shadow and stay with the Light. So it's kind of this moment of the Dark One is the only one that stands a chance at defeating Rand, at turning him to the Shadow, at doing any of this. So instead of going after Rand, they now finally defer to, honestly, what should have been their plan all along, take out the necessary people around the Dragon Reborn. Yeah. Well, and it's it's also interesting because this is a moment to me where um, it's, it is exactly what you said. It is. But also, it's this just... The Dark One is being such a dumbass as well, because on some level, if he actually got his forces all together to do some kind of counterstroke at Rand at this point, he might still be able to do something. But he's such a greedy little fuck that he still can't let Rand go and needs him to turn to the shadow. And he's not convinced that any of the Forsaken can actually do that on their own or even together. And so he is convinced that he can turn Rand to the shadow or at least, you know, convince him to do what he wants. Um, and so he's like, all right, well, none of you can take him and none of you can turn him. So leave him to me later because I, I'm still not willing to let him die. I still want him to serve me freely. And it's definitely like... Uh, just another moment where which i i really love the way that robert jordan makes brilliant and yet also moronic villains because yes. again they have just this <laughs> motive that they need they they have this compulsion that they need to get even at the expense of all of their plans because if the dark one had just gotten a forsaken to show up in emmons field and take out Rand when he was a fledgling story would have been over if he had just gone ahead and gotten a few forsaken to take him out in like a number of different instances story would be over and the dark one would win or at least it would go to the you know the next turning of the dragon reborn being spit out and then he'd have another chance but every single time he is just as Leia says selfish and self-serving to an absolute hamstringing basically but, like i think their biggest fault isn't the selfishness or the self-serving i think it's the ego their egotistical oh, also, nature yeah. in wanting to overcome what looks to be an insurmountable good uh is what yeah. is their undoing because yes like you were saying daniel if you wanted to guarantee victory without really doing much work you send as soon as you have a forsaken available whether it's ishmael coming out first or whoever. You send them to a Monsfield, you send them wherever Rand is, they bail, well not bailfire, they kill Rand, and then the Dark One does what he does best. Intercept the de the dying soul, bring it back, reborn, under his control. Yep. And then from there, as long as Rand resists, he just kills, reborn. Kills, reborn. Eventually, yep. the soul of the dragon is going to, to be broken. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yep. Um, but that's not what we're talking about here. Because uh, nope. Mogidian is still a part of the story. I'm not going to say how incredibly relevant she is. Uh, yeah, she's, from, uh, she's, she's pretty much just there. Um, because she does get her core Supra back. Um, she does. Morden yes. and Al fully as Nablus pulls the remaining Chosen, which I think there's only like, what, like five or six left at this point? Yeah. Well, he, they, yes, they, they make new ones, but the core Forsaken Wait, not are including the like five or six. Yeah, not including the new one. Yes. Uh, pulls him into a dream shard. Uh, Mogidian gets the core of Suvra back with the warning not to fail again. Um, which is interesting because she's just given the core of Suvra. The core of Suvra isn't undone. It's not released. Yes. She's just given it back. So either it cannot be undone or it's easy access to just snatch again or she fucks up. Um, yeah. That's where she's introduced to uh, Mazram Taim as a renamed Mahal as a new Forsaken. And then realizes that Grendel has is. been reborn as Hesalon. Yep. Um, then Mogadian is placed under Demandra's command. Morden then demands that all other plots and plans by the Chosen be concluded and they are to unite for the last battle. Something that should have been done the second they all were freed from the, the, the dragon seal on the board. But again... There's that ego coming in. There's that selfish desire and that self-serving well, uh, nature of the forsaken. I think I think there's a bit of like Sith philosophy going into this as well because the Dark One purposely pits his forsaken against one another yes. to ensure that the strongest, most cunning forsaken is the one leading his forces at the end of the last battle. Because keep in mind. Every single time a Forsaken is killed by another Forsaken, the offending Forsaken is punished. Yes, that is you're, correct. You're you're allowed to you're allowed to you're allowed uh, all of the underhanded tactics that you'd like up until murdering up friends. until murder. Yep. But even even at this point in time, Mohadwain is able to work she gets her Corsuvra back and she's able to be like yay and they're like don't fuck up again she is immediately able to recognize Taim she's able to recognize uh, Hesalam as Grendal and her next assignment is to spy on Matt and can I just say for I mean what a what a the worst position in the world would be to spy on the luckiest dude to ever exist. Kind of. God! Like, but how, Matt's like, not the don't hero fail of this again, <laughs> but we're going to send you to the dude who literally can't lose unless Truth. he wants to. That's the funny piece of irony with it, because it's not Matt's luck that turns out and reveals her as a fake. Is it? It's not. Uh, don't don't play the yeah. Matt got lucky by having men there. It is men. This is why she's not a lamp, and why people no, like you should be thrown down a flight reasons. of stairs. Yes. It was. <laughs> it was not Matt's. It was not Matt's luck or Tavirin that put men in his tent. Yeah. It was Rand saying, you need to go here. 
if anything, it was Rand's Tavernus. Let's let's put it this way. She is in the tent because Matt's Taveran nature, and she behaves as she should behave, which is the reason why Matt's Taveran nature needs her there in the first place. Because she would behave like she needs to behave, which is throwing a knife in her face and recognizing that this is a channeler, someone who's hiding amongst them. You know what? Fuck you all. Men is the fourth Taveran. Men and her visions is the fourth and her visions, and her visions and are her unique special ability. Matt gets his luck, Rand gets a voice in his head, and Perrin gets the wolfy furry talk Perrin talk. Gets wolves. Perrin the gets wolf furries. Men gets furry visions talk. of the pattern. So this is where we have the good old Mogedian story end, uh, and that is that Lan successfully destroys. Uh, thank you, Leia. Thank you. That's what I've been saying forever, and now and the you've show is forever is been me. wrong. Now the show is with me, so y'all can eat an entire well, bag of Tavir and Dick. The show also did episode eight, so there's that. Yeah, and it's not as bad as it is. Oh, I don't think it is. I know it is. Shade. Shade. Water and. No. Here's the. No, I said she's the fourth. I'm not saying Eggy and Nynaeve aren't. They're good candidates. They're like Tavir and Jason in the books. Here's, here's what I love about Mochad. Um, she's one of the few forsaken who gets her comeuppance in the best possible way but also in the worst possible way because if anyone deserves to be collared by the Shanchan, it's the forsaken however who more dangerous to be collared by the Shanchan? than one of the forsaken. I don't give a shit what anybody says. Avienda's visions come about 100% because the Shanchan have access to Mohadayin's understanding of Sidar and the age, knowledge from the Age of Legends. Mm. Mm. Certainly not willing to go with you on that, but I'm also the not, not willing now to now have the that. ability to act in the Age of Legends, essentially. Mm. I mean, yeah, no, no, that's that's fairly terrifying. Who you just handed a nuclear warhead to an a horribly Un, well, not an unstable government because they're very stable, but to a horribly like absolutist government who has very contrasting political and philosophical views. Yeah. Yeah. Well, to make it even more terrifying, uh, I think I want to attention is the inevitable demise of the Shanchan system of Damani in Soldan. Yeah. I mean, at some point, She's probably going to be some degree of free and a progressively evolving degree of free. Yep. 
because she's sneaky like that. She's sneaky, sneaky. Yeah, I'll give you that. She's sneaky. And I mean, really, okay, so when it comes down to it, final thoughts. Yep. <laughs> for Mahua Dain. Um, she's incredibly intelligent. Okay. Even when she was held captive by the ladies in Salador, she did not give everything. Now they thought they got everything from her because they were given it to her, whatever. But now she has practice. Now she understands. Now, granted, Egwene, Nynaeve, and Elaine were not near. Well, <laughs> Nynaeve and Elaine were not nearly as brutal as Sean Chen Damane were. Egwene, she had much less patience for that. Oh, did we lose Daniel? No, he's still there. He just turned off his video. Oh, okay. I so edit that out. We'll fix that in post. Um, Egwene might be questionable, but at the same time, I'm not going to say she was on the same level as the Sean Chandamane because in the end, she still had very strong problems with how they did things. And I mean, with uh, all of the permission in the world, because it's horrible mm -hmm. what they did to her. Well, do we want so, to talk about before her capture, what she does? Oh, her disguise. Let's talk about it. Did I jump the gun? So, I mean, not entirely because it is a, a bit of a footnote, uh, but it is an important footnote because of something she gains access to. After Demandred is killed, Mogidian comes in, uses the mask of mirrors to change to make herself look like Demandred and take command of the Sarens. And the Sarens kind of doubt but she is suddenly granted access to the true power like suddenly she's like hey guys i'm demandred and the dark one says you have the true power access oh that's actually a really good point no and then she uses it to kill one of the older sarens to prove to the other chandler there that she was demandred and sends the sarens to attack the defenseless refugees um, but this is whenever Talmanes and the dragons pop up from inside the mountain and wreak havoc on the forces of the pseudo Demandre. That's actually Mogidian. Um, but she's like, she survives. Yeah, she survives and she's like, I'm the strongest of the chosen that remain. And it's like, well, yeah, you're going to be number one if there is only one. Yeah, because who's you can't really. Uh, Shannon, my, my fucking boy Talmanes oh. with his gateway dragons, interdimensional well, cannons. Well, here's the thing after she survives, like, she doesn't care that her first, that the forces that she pseudo took over were destroyed. Because remember, she's a back, she wants to be in the background unnoticed, and she's oh, like, yeah. I have to be the strongest forsaken that remains. And she finally gets this moment of where her entire story has been relegated to being an overlooked, underappreciated, background, ignored person because of her relative weak strength. And she finally gets this moment of feeling like she is the shit. 
Like, imagine this. You've gone your entire life being the ignored, overlooked outcast, never even chosen last. Just never chosen for sports in high school. You got dumped with the bullshit secretary job, just writing numbers and nothing against accountants and people that do this. You have 12 older siblings and people like them more than you. But but she, yeah. That's why I said no offense against accountants. But... You've been overlooked and ignored and considered a non-threat like your entire life. You've been doing IT for like your entire life. And <laughs> sometimes I do, and it terrifies me. Um, <laughs> but she she's been Stop like it. this her entire life. And every time she gets a step forward, she gets thrown back because of something. She and she finally feels that she is at the top of the food chain of the chosen, of the forsaken. She thinks there's still a chance. And then out of nowhere, so telling me a metal a collar slaps around her neck. It is like the final nail in the coffin of destroying any kind of residual psyche she has. Because now, okay. not only were you at what you felt was the height of your influence <laughs> and stature over the rest, but now you are subject to some of the worst practices, if not <laughs> the worst practice, and the ent- uh, maybe other than turning, that's an arguable like 50 50. Um, <laughs> and now, you, now you're part, now you're uh, a slave to the Sean Chan uh, will. And you're going to yeah. have to give them all the information. You're going to have to do whatever they say. Oh, and by the way, that massive amount of power, that true power that you were granted, has suddenly disappeared almost as if the Dark One can't reach you anymore. I How mean, hopeless do you feel? Yeah, but but that's a little exercise in giving a little bit of empathy to Mo Gideon. But terrible person. But this is also a terrible situation. Oh yeah, but but she's been there before. She spent three thousand years stuck in a dreamless sleep. She's been collared by they now granted the Sean Chan are much worse. I'm not gonna debate that because it's Cause here, a fact. Yeah, because here's course. my counter. If I may interject. Interject, please, um, sir. During a three thousand year dreamless sleep, you are not manipulated and used. You're just there, unable to do anything. During our captivity, uh, yeah. Mind game with by the dark one. It's a dreamless sleep. Still serve him? It's a dreamless sleep. Serve it? There's there's no dreams to be manipulated. It's a dreamless sleep. a different discussion for a different episode. (laughs) But you have that state of just sleeping for 3,000 years, whatever. Then you're captured, yes, by an Adam, by Elaine Nynaeve, and ultimately Egwene. But you are never abused. You are made to feel fear, but you are never abused. But the sole Dom of the Shanshan, especially knowing that they will not be able to reclaim any Damane from the Westlands ever again by, by treaty, are now going to make sure that you fully obey, especially once they discover how much you know and who you are. Because they will. That 
that's the terrifying piece right there. Once Sean Chan realizes who they've collared, Avienda's visions become reality. That, I believe, is the catalyst to creating the end of the Aiel and the beginning of the Sean Chan rule in the world. Maybe. Maybe. But that is... I, say. Potentially, I love that uh, I'm the only one that thinks this. And my other two co-hosts are like, well, I mean, maybe. I mean, it's better than looking at you and being like, hey, Josh, you're a fucking idiot. Get off this show. Yeah. Is it, though? <laughs> yes. I think the customers would love it more if you guys were a little bit more aggressive. Well, you know what, Josh? Here, Here's why you're dumb. Um, <laughs> you're, there you're we go. Andrew's got it. Definitely right, not I'll dumb. play the straight man. Andrew, go ahead and just lay into Josh for the next 20 minutes. <laughs> so uh, here's the thing. There's a little thing where in Avienda's uh, Visions of the Future, uh, the Aiel... And the Sean Chan are not party to the Dragon's Peace. And there's Correct. a little thing when Moraine shows no. up and after, no, yes. The Sean that's Chan because off, no, because of the Dragon's Peace. No, they're not. The Sean no, they're Chan not. are not part of the Dragon's Peace, and neither are the Aiel. And the Aiel aren't because Avienda goes to Rand and says, You must include the Aiel, or it's going to be terrible. Because yeah. the Sean Chan reinvade. And then Rand says, Okay, cool. You and the Sean Chan are going to be a party to this. So Rand makes the unbargainable bargain, the, the decision that no one should have to make to allow right. their institution of demonic to continue within the realm of Shan Chan. Um, so because that has fundamentally changed the predication on which Avienda's viewings continue, they're going to fundamentally be different. Piece. Yes, we do. I completely we agree. Do. Write it down. Yeah, jot that down too. So many so ideas. Be so Final be thoughts on Mogedian. I will go first and I will go quickly. Uh, Mogedian is actually a really cool character. I do really appreciate that she's part of the story. Um, obviously, nothing that she does is good and nothing that she does is helpful intentionally. <laughs> Some of it is helpful unintentionally, but definitely not helpful intentionally. Um but I do think that she is a very good character to have. I mean, you need good, compelling villains. Uh, and I think that she is that. She absolutely is uh, the kind of villain that compels me. Um, I think that she is very much uh, a villain who I think is interesting and definitely along the lines of intelligently evil. Um she doesn't work with any of the other Forsaken very well, but that is in her nature, and that is in sort of, again, sort of evil's nature, and therefore it's very par for the course. Um, but yeah, I think that her addition really does show how capable someone who's overlooked can be, um, and how that can really mess you up on a lot of levels for a long time if it happens to you and i think that she comes out of that with a lot of very understandable feelings even though it's still trash <laughs> um but yeah i i think that she 
I think that she's a really good addition to the story, even though every time she pops up on screen, I'm like, oh, for fuck's sake. Andrew? Um, well, I want to say first and foremost, I have enjoyed uh, my apparent ability this episode to potentially piss off my co-host uh, at least <laughs> one. So that is always fun. And that means like the other topics are definitely good topics to have. Um, Agreed. And for those of you who don't know, we do, with some semi-regularity, uh, annoy at least and piss each other off. But we talk about it and get through it. I mean, it's, well, we're good it's friends. part of the fun of the yeah. show. Yeah, it's part of the fun. It would be a boring show if all three of us agreed on everything all the time. It'd just right? be like one big echo chamber. It, echo chambers are like terrible. It's like that one guy who reviewed us and was like, maybe you guys should disagree on some shit. And we were like, have you listened oh, to that's the right. show? We did actually have something like that. Yeah, we did. Um, but uh, Mo Gideon is one of those characters. Honestly, uh, if you had to pick Forsaken to get rid of, uh, Mo, Gideon, Mo Gideon is top of the list for me. Um, Mo Gideon, I like that. Yeah, I, I just Let's I feel go. like Morgan. her. <laughs> I feel like her versatility or her usefulness as a character lives very shortly. Um, I feel like the biggest part of uh, Mogidian's character <laughs> serves as a punishment for Leandrin, which is sad considering it's a more evil character punishing a still evil but less evil character. Uh, I feel like Leandrin can be, can be handled very differently, uh, especially in the show. After that, she, she's, a, she's an accoutrement to the story. She pops up here and there uh, as needed to provide flavor. She provides a, honestly, I'm going to call it a bullshit excuse for Nynaeve's block being removed. Because oh, you hate, she hates Nynaeve so much. Nynaeve survives. There's no way Mogidian, someone that led the most extensive spy network for the Shadow during the Age of Legends in the War of Power, didn't figure out that Nynaeve still survived, especially after the battle at Shadar Logoth. But other than that, uh, that's the last time that uh, the Mogidian has any direct interactions with Nynaeve. I, I feel like it could have been done differently. If you got to cut one of the Forsaken, Rafe, cut Mogidian. I'll defend you all day, all night, 24-7, oh, like a 7-Eleven. That's my final thought. Cut All right, Josh. My final got? thought is highly contradictory to my Baijan Mahale counterpart. Okay. Because I, you know what? Here, here's the thing. Morgan Dion is one of, she's an exposition style character. She does an amazing job of pushing the story forward where necessary and existing in the background when exposition is not necessary. It's a really, really tough balance to write a character like that. And I think Robert Jordan has done a really great job of bringing you know, a full spectrum of characters to the table. And I feel like 
her name as the spider is very aptly given and very aptly written. And as far as Mugadine goes, um, she may have been one of the most overlooked forsaken, but I feel like she was one of the most uh, present forsaken, meaning that she was present in many of the most important scenes in these series. And on that note, I... Cool, she gets a participation trophy. Thorovan Mahiel, wish you the fan, the greatest of days, and thank you for being here. I thank you for listening on Podbean and or any of the other podcast uh, streaming media. I also thank you for watching on YouTube because you need to see our faces and facial expressions. So I thank you for that. I thank you for tuning in however you tuned in. And I hope that you have taken this dose of taint and I hope that you're just a bit more mad than you were when this episode first started. So thank you all for being here. Thank you all for tuning in. Thank you for being the best damn audience instance. I said it. I said what I said. From all of us here at the Black Tower, I have been your sort of on the hail, Josh. I, in, uh, in not so many words, have been your bias on my hill, Andrew. It's a nice way of saying I'm long-winded. Thanks, fucker. Oh, no. It was just a really fancy outro. <laughs> I really appreciate it, actually. <laughs> and I have been your Amon Khan Mahail, Daniel. And again, from all of us here at the Black Tower, thank you for tuning in. You really are the best. Uh, we love you dearly. We hope to see you again next week for another exciting episode of the Black Tower podcast. And in case we don't see you till then, good afternoon, good evening. Trouble just fitting in.